Welcome to the Fund2000.com Real Estate Podcast. My name is Chuck Ham, and today we're going to talk about homelessness. Over the past few years, homelessness has been on our mind because if you're in an area like ours, we can see more and more homeless people out on the streets and struggling to find a place to live or a place to just be. But also we work in real estate and in areas where both one, we see a lot of unsheltered people and two, we see the problem with housing affordability getting worse. Over the past few years, I've been amazed and surprised at the people I've been able to help get a condo or a home with special programs and incentives, even offering my own commissions to help them just close the deal. Sometimes during those discussions, I hear how they might end up on the streets if they can't find a place to purchase. That's partly because the rental market has been out of control, um, along with the housing uh, inventory issue on the sales side. So there's there are real problems out there, and homelessness is... Uh, one of the results of the housing affordability crisis. I grew up in Oxnard, California, and that's where my office is. In Oxnard, we have a huge homelessness problem. It's not far from Los Angeles and Ventura, which are also urban areas. Oxnard being near the beach has beautiful weather. So it ends up being a great place, whether you're unsheltered or not, it's a nice place to live, but all these conditions make it a hub or a gathering place for unsheltered people, similar to Los Angeles and San Francisco where the the homeless uh, problem has exploded. All of this has caused me to think uh, as real estate professionals, don't we have some kind of a duty uh, to improve access to affordable housing? I think we do. So this year, we're going to talk more about homelessness and some of the things that we're doing um, about it, some of the things that we're observing. And we also want to try to help the unsheltered people that we see and we're able to talk to to tell their stories. My wife, who is also a sold2000.com real estate agent with me, has been helping me with some video projects in documenting the homelessness problem. Last year, we did a couple of video projects in support of a a uh, political candidate. He ran for city council. His name is Doug Partello, and he is also a homeless advocate. And he took us around to some of the different encampments and introduced us to a few different people. And in that process, we've been able to get to know them and become familiar with some of their problems. And one of our observations is that not all of them are the stereotypical unsheltered person. They're not all the stereotypical um, mental health issue. They're not all addicts. They're not all alcoholics. There is a percentage of them who could and probably should be sheltered. They are, uh, to, to some extent, the victim of just bad circumstances. And uh, given the proper help, they probably would be sheltered. And um, part of this observation has been the failure of government and existing policy and existing um, funding that's out there for the unsheltered people. And we, we want to help tell that story because uh, it shows a couple of things, I think. One is that we as individuals, even if uh, we might not feel qualified, probably could help some unsheltered people. Um, also, it helps us to see that we don't really need to throw more money at the problem. We need to give them solutions that they can actually use. Mental health aside, as a community and as voters and as residents in the areas where we live, we don't seem to be able to wrap our heads around the 
uh, problem or the solution of homelessness. We also have to acknowledge as a community, as voters and residents in the areas where we live, that the policies and representatives we are choosing are not improving the problem. Again, we can't just keep throwing money at the problem um, without the correct solutions. And really, I think what we're on the hunt for is some uh, solutions that actually do something uh, to resolve the problems. Some of the policy problems that have contributed to decreased housing affordability have to do, for example, with increased interest rates or limited uh, housing inventory, whether it's on the rental side or the sales side of the, the real estate market. All these things have been just multiplying over the past few years. When my friends ask me about how the market is, if you're a buyer, it's tough. Well, if you're a, a homeless person trying to get back into housing, it's even tougher because the policies don't really work in your favor if you're if you don't have uh, your ducks in a row to get housing. For example, if you want to um, rent a, an apartment that or rent a room or a house, and you have bad credit, good luck. If you are a um, buyer and you're trying to, even if you have good credit, if you're a buyer and you're trying to get a loan to buy a property, you have not only the problem with you know getting a mortgage loan in in today's uh, highly regulated mortgage loan environment where you have to produce all kinds of documents to get a good interest rate you also have increased interest rates so all these factors they just ripple throughout the housing market and if they had a difficult time before getting into housing it's exponentially more difficult now so the people we've documented and the people that we want to show you uh, from our experience these are the people that aren't the um, mental health cases. These are people who aren't drug abusers or alcoholics. These are people who simply just had bad luck or they, they probably could have housing if the policies worked properly for them. So with that in mind, we'll show you some of the highlights from videos that we've taken uh, from last year. That we'll show you a little bit from Lloyd and a little bit from Tina. And these are good people. Uh, we, we saw where they live. We we were able to talk to them and get familiar with their problems and hopefully some of the uh, video clips that we can show you today and throughout the year can show you uh, uh, what their stories are all about and maybe give us some ideas about how we can help. And if you'd like to watch this in video, go to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com backslash fund2000.com. I don't know if that's forward slash or backslash, but it's whatever the kind of slashes we use, youtube.com fund2000, or you can just do a search in YouTube for the fund2000.com real estate podcast. You can just sit down where you're comfortable inside there. The stool? Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, so now I will do the interview. Okay. Okay, you guys ready? Yeah. I'm ready too. So uh, we're here at Tina's house, and uh, Tina and I have known each other for a couple years now. Uh, Tina was formerly out at the Halico encampment, but they did the eviction out there, and now Tina is just struggling to find another place and she's found a place here to yeah. stay temporarily. Two years. Two years now. Mm -hmm. So you've been here at this encampment for two years and how long have you been unsheltered? Over 20 years. I've lost count. Over yeah. 20 years. Yeah. So in that 20 years, do you feel like 
there's been adequate resources to help you to get housing? No. Okay. So what are some of the roadblocks and issues that you've come across in that 20 years to try to establish housing for yourself? Oh, about over 15 years ago, maybe a little longer, I was on the list for housing. Okay. And it was very disappointing. Um, I had a PO box, but I didn't have an actual physical address. <laughs> and when the letter came in, I'm all jazzed, what have you, I go down to the city office, and he told me, well, I don't actually have a place to live, but I had a mailing address. They sent me an approval letter, <laughs> you know? And they go, well, it's already been depleted from the, or um, erased from the computers, what have you. I said, well, I want to see the supervisor or whomever's in charge. And it was, long story short, it was, it was squashed, and I never get my housing. So, Tina, uh, please uh, speak to us today about just how difficult it is to live without access to water, without access to a toilet, without trash removal, just some of the basic human needs um, that every human needs. Um, are you finding that there's been many resources to help out with just those fundamental basic human needs? On our own, we group up and try to notify people. They kind of shine us on, you know, they really don't help us. You know, I'm just on the radio, guys, I'm morning uh, news every morning, local news, and where it's, it's actually their default, sees fault, Victoria County's fault, that the homeless has gotten this bad. You know, and they, they, they realize that, you know. But um, it becomes a way of life, and, you know, I try to look, I love a place to live, sorry about that, uh, but I don't know if I'd be able to, like, even, like, like, be able to live indoors anymore. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So you just get accustomed. Hold on. Way of life, actually, way of life. I just want to, yeah. Yeah, it's already taking any Every time it's day, the wind hits about, for about two hours, and it stops. It's crazy. What do you feel like can help? Me? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. I'm in the, I'm, I'm, I'm in the last chapter of my life. Uh -huh. I'll be 60 coming in another six months. Right. And I'm just like real, not, not doing too well, but getting older. Yes. I've so, been robbed of life. You know? So the city of Oxnard is planning a $40 million solution center in downtown Oxnard. It'll have 110 temporary emergency beds and a semi-dormitory style accommodation. And how do you feel about that entering into something of that nature? Well, I mean, and how long, I mean, depends on how long, you know, be, be out there, it would depend on, um, you know, what they expect of me, but happy because I live my own life, you know, and I'm my dog, and I'm not giving up my dog for anything, uh -huh. no matter what. Okay, so if it's only six months or if it's only a year, and then we know the Section 8 housing, the waiting list is several years, so that's a very temporary offering. But how do you feel about um, staying for six months or a year in semi-dormitory style sleeping accommodations? Pictures they can handle me. And I'm not a bad person, but I mean, it's like, I like my space, you know. I, I sip myself, myself a lot, more than I, and that is actually healthy for me. But uh, I don't know. So how do you feel yeah. about this model? Um, how about a tiny home village 
maybe not just all tough sheds lined up together, but one that has different options, different levels of accommodation. Like we have a state park system that offers places for to camp out overnight. They can put up their tent. There's access with Wi-Fi, electrical, plumbing, you can bring your RV, and then they can have structures like the tiny home uh, temporary tiny home shelters as well and so it's a village basically but it has different levels of accommodation I know there's, there's some people that aren't ready to even go into a tent maybe they have mental health issues or they you know feel claustrophobic and things what do you feel about that type of model that's all right yeah is because that something that you'd be open to who's running it you know it does how you know their attitude because people are just like just Average people, and you got you, you're just like just like your cap hosts, they speak, you know. Yes, and they just like, try to be like holder and thou, uh -huh. or it's <laughs> just know? security, right? Well, you just call it like a trial thing, you know. You're not gonna like, say, Oh, it's good to go, and you go in there and get and have problems with somebody, you know. <laughs> and it's like, and I just quickly just just excuse myself and shit, stuff like that. So, sort of my language, you know, I'm very motivated, very motivated, but people, I'm very blunt. I'm old school, real old school, and I'm very blunt. I don't mean to hurry his feelings. A lot of times the people just take it the wrong way. You know, it's like, you know, like to school people. Back, back when I was growing up, people schooled me. I respected it, you know. They think it was being, like being going to school, you know. And people just said, I mean, that's like I'm like, I'm, I, like, I'm in, I don't belong here. Not here, a, here, but I mean, like in this, in this era. I have a question. Do you think that the actual problem is that, like, the city has money, but they don't understand actually the needs of homeless? Like, because they have place for you to go, but you will not go there for whatever reason. I've, I've had shelters before, I mean, like um, the, um, the winter shelters. Mm -hmm. and that's a good and well, you know, you come and you go. But I just want my like my own space, my own things, my dog. <laughs> You know, my just come and go as I need to go. I don't really go anywhere, Harley. You know, I'm a biking trailer. There's my baby right there. That's Trooper. <laughs> oh, we saw him Get earlier. Him. So, Tina. Hey, my baby. Come up. Need some water. Yeah, he's got some baby shots. A pet go pay for him. Got a groom. He's there a boy. There was a cat there. I saw the cat there. Well, I yeah, he was about, about 20 or 30 of them. What's the cats? Is that your cat or just one visiting? <laughs> so when we had the big dumpster from the trash company bring the big you know roll-off uh, dumpster and we filled that up it was actually you folks that helped work with me hand in hand to solve the trash issue and really cleaned up Halico a lot didn't we yeah I remember Halico when it was all it was actually the whole facility was there I knew the owners and it was like I've been I've been waiting for since 1969 I stepped on that beach out there so I that one evening smart me it was like like 47 years of my life was there sad he's a chase but it feels me it's like I can't I can't do what I normally used to do you know yeah and I'm trying to like put that in my head and I I mean it's probably been my last year out here yeah you know I, I, I got to accept that and I, I don't want that to be your last no. years I no, want you to have a safe as, place. As far as it's, it's, it's not a struggle, but cutting my own wood and yes. getting all that stuff in right. out of here. You know, it's like I'm physically not capable anymore. Right. And it's, it's a just big pillow to swallow. Yes. I'm very a lot of pride, you know? Yeah. A lot of pride. And yeah. It sucks. You have a lot to give. You've lived a lot of years. 
you've uh, known a lot and seen a lot mm -hmm. and you have a lot to share and uh, I just think that we need to recognize the human value of every person. I want to have a, you know, before I pass away, you know, I want to have a purpose. I feel like I have a purpose, a yes. purpose, a motivation, so I'm like stagnant, you know, it's like, yeah. and it's like, I'm just existing, and I've got really depressed, you know. I thought I set myself back for a while because things were getting weird, 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 you know, and, and I realized that it wasn't, it's not me, it's just times, and I'm not really, I'm not going to change, I'm going to be me, I'm a dinosaur, you know, put, put, plug it in, push power, I can't do nothing, I can't computerize, I'm okay with that.